0: i'll be too nervous today i've probably lost of Words. hello and welcome to another edition of the lost words podcast it's another major championship and i'm joined as ever by jason Jandals. jason at Good afternoon, Tom. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yes, good afternoon indeed. It's a sunny Sunday afternoon and instead of uh, letting you guys spend time with your families, I've dragged you into a podcast. Uh, The other member of the team here is Bradley Todd. Brad, hello.
1: Good afternoon, Tom. How are we doing?
0: Yeah, very well, thank you. It's all good to have us all together. Uh, It feels like we keep missing each other. It's like ships passing in the night at the moment, uh, trying to get the three of us on at at the same time. But uh, all back for the US Open. Um, I think I made a disclosure at the start of the week on the podcast with with Jason and Matt about my coughing and cold and sounding nasally. And and it's still the same situation today. So uh, if you hear any coughing, uh, I'm sorry, that's about all I can say. Um, I will try and cut it out. But before we go into uh, the US Open, let's just kind of recap the tournaments where they are, but there's one, you know, we will not name. I can't be bothered to get into that one. We haven't got enough time Uh, and it will spoil the the theme of the show. But uh, let's talk about Lynn Grant, Jason. Absolutely destroying this uh, Scandinavian mix. A couple of holes still to go, as it is, but uh, she's got a nine-shot lead currently over uh, Mark Warren at 15-under. And the people that are closest on the course are Henrik Stenson and Jason Scribner at 14-under. So uh, it's been pretty much a domination from her so far. It's on the
2: fairway. Hit the right number to the green and not the patting. Not difficult. No, I don't think she overcommon contemplated golf. No, she? she's been brilliant. She's been she's been actually awesome. Isn't she? so you know what can you say? It's it's we said last week that we wanted a, um, a you know if it was possible to have an LET player winning this, um, and she's I mean her opening half a dozen holes were just it was it was easy. It was just so simple, and and the way she's done it, I think we mentioned the fact keep to the um, women's only betting because we weren't sure how they'd react. Yeah. If they were in contention and, and quite honestly, it's uh, she's different gravy, so um, I've no doubt what the reactions will be, um, on social media, but uh, probably uh, the same tease. Um, but <laughs> what she's done is 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 like you know, Brad mentioned earlier, you know, she's 100 miles clear of the next best LET yep. player, so 14, it, 14 boring, shots man.
1: clear, 14 shots clear from uh, Cowley. Yep, Gabriella Cali in fifteenth place Brad at ten under. Yeah, that's uh some doing that is. And uh yeah, I agree with everything Jason said. It's gonna be interesting reaction from it. But she's she's an absolute star. She's too good for the L E T anyway. Um she said that I mean she's shown that this year. Two wins already, and she does make it look easy. I think she's had a runner up as well, so um yeah, she's well and truly ready for the LPGA. And uh, she's definitely one to look out for.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think she, you know, there's been a handful of players like this recently that have shown these kind of uh, chops on the uh, the L.E.T. And, and move straight over to LPGA and just hope that, you know, that doesn't turn into a circus and, and things go wrong. But, uh, you know, the, certainly yeah. you, you seem to find different competition there. But
1: it's yeah.
0: crazy, isn't it? I mean, even, <clears throat> you know, the T the debate is just not worth having because it, you know, the, the the scientific difference between a male and a female means you can't put them off the same tees, but um, she just seems to be playing a different game from, as, as you've both alluded to, mm. from, from the rest of her competitors, isn't she? And, uh, yeah. you know, it, I felt it was kind of the same last year as well. I mean, Houston was the only one that really had a chance of winning, and um, yeah. then everyone else was kind of in 10th and 18th as well, and I think that was the, the kind of thing at the start of the week that we talked about, that, like yes i don't think we we want to completely rule out that that a woman can win this event um you know it wouldn't be fair to start the event if that wasn't the case but it it was so hard to predict what one it was going to be um that that you were safer to do the the women's only bet in jace wasn't it and you know ultimately yes it is paid off in if you're battling grant in in the dual market but it's just so hard to predict the one person out of the top 15, 20 people is, is the one that's going to do it?
2: Well, as it is the men's. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, such is golf betting. You know. mm. um, look how many, and this is the only mention i make of it, and I, I wish I hadn't now, but never mind. Right? Look how many times you've backed Henny Duplissy over here. <laughs> anyway, mm. that's the only mention we've got of it, so move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Voldemort, isn't it? We'll just start saying that name. It is. It is, it is <laughs> yeah, I think that
0: that you know that's uh, that's another thing altogether. Henny Duplantier has now made more money than he ever did in his whole career uh, with a second place finish. So interesting. But yeah, um, <coughs> Canadian Open. You've got Tony Finau, Roy McIlroy going into the final round tied at 11 under, and you've mm. got Sam Burns, Wyndham Clark, Alex Smalling Justin Thomas at nine under. Uh, Brad. Quite the uh, quite the response from the PGA Tour uh, yeah.
1: in the week where they really needed a big tournament. Definitely, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, the atmosphere has been ridiculously good. I mean, that's obviously was going to be the the case after they haven't had it for two years. Yeah. See, the course is playing relatively tough. Can't seem to overpower it. And look at the people at the top. I mean, we're set for a pretty good finish tonight. Um, I'm hoping Tony, big tone, can get it done. But. I, I'm not overly confident, let's put it that way. <laughs> it's not a very good not a very good closer, is it Tony. So um we'll see. But Fitzpatrick in the mix as well, but he's been a very disappointment as always. Um yeah, I mean, but as we he said earlier, back it's the, the disease of backing him. It's like one of those who just can't not back him at the moment and then it's uh but yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be a good finish.
0: Well, Scrivener and uh Fitzpatrick probably share ambulances on the way back from uh, from goal tournaments, don't they? But uh you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you, you mentioned is not the best of closers. Roy McIlroy has had his difficulty closing at times, although you can't obviously talk on his overall record. that you know, he's very, very good. But it's, it's going to be interesting because, Jason, you, you mentioned before we come on about you've just got this feeling that Sam Burns is just going to go and go and nick it. And that's just what he does in this kind of situation where it looks like. You know, Rory McIlroy and T- Tony Fino are going to duke it out, and all of a sudden, Sam Burns comes from okay, only two shots behind this time, and there's Justin Thomas there as well. But it does seem to be his speciality.
2: Yeah, I think so. He's not doing anything off the tee, according to the stats, um, and he's still right there. Uh, you know, he's been impressive. He was impressive against Bradley. He was impressive coming from behind against Sheffield last time. I um, yeah, I've I've, uh, I've got a feel. I think 13-2 is too big, but yeah. That's that's it's a brilliant tournament, and as you rightly say, it's a great response to, to the other side. You know, McElroy put himself up, didn't he? Yeah, you know, made it clear what his thoughts were. Justin Thomas has done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've you know, look what they've done. So, absolutely, you know, there's I've heard nothing but negativity about the other thing when the prize money has been handed out. Um, that's not to say anyone will blame anybody for doing it, but um, you know, this is great, yeah, as you as you rightly say, you know, it's um yeah Rory's done a good job here I think to be honest um, he needed to do this mm-hmm. and uh, whether he wins or not it's uh, it's a terrific effort to back up um, you know back up what you had to
0: say yeah I, th- I think you're right I think just him and Thomas both being right up there have been a chance both have a chance to win the tournament uh, it was important you know they've done a lot of talking and they've had to be the spokespersons for the for the PGA Tour and it's nice to see that it hasn't sort of worked its way into their their practice or their performance and uh yeah, see what they do. I mean, Rory could really do with a win going into a major. I think that'd be a massive change for him if he can go in off the back of a win. Um, certainly think he'll at least be the first round leader. Whether he can uh, see that off, I don't know. Um, but interestingly, you, know, you were just talking about you know the stats, and I just i to have a little look at the in-running stuff. Sam Burns is uh, third yeah. in the field for strokes gained approach. He's uh, hitting the ball incredibly well. But so is Cameron Smith after the first round. Uh, eighth place in the field in both the second and third round uh, strokes can approach going over five strokes so far so might just be hitting the ball a little bit better uh, we'll come on
1: to obviously whether the course is going to suit him as we go along but um, I think Alex Smalley's worth uh, 18 to 1 I mean he's been very consistent over the three days and he's just uh, he's a player that I have I really like anyway but he's the one I probably would have a little sniff at
0: so he's actually second in the field uh, in strokes can approach above Uh, sandburn so far
1: Uh, i mean i know he hasn't done an awful lot yet but i mean it is people forget it's still his first real proper year on here on tour and uh yeah i think he's had a good year um and he's definitely could possibly cause an upset tonight i think there's a
0: couple of people that can really kind of step forward you you know you've got wyndham clark that's always threatened to do things and never quite follow through never been consistent you've got uh, you know, Fitz is going for his first victory. I think it's probably beyond him tonight. Doug Gim would yep. like to take a step forward. Um, you know, Adam Long, Keith Mitchell have been playing well in, in fits and starts. Sebastian Munoz. You know, it's a really interesting leaderboard, actually. Um, it, really it It was one of those ones when we looked at, Jace where, you know, he looked at the top of the field it was really strong and the rest of it was kind of crap. But we, we've actually got almost the best-case scenario you could have got, uh, basically the best-case scenario you could have got going into the final day. So... Um, and Aaron Rye is actually playing a golf course well that you know you'd expect him to play well so that's maybe something to keep an eye on for Mm -hmm. uh, the future but um, let's get into the US Open then so it is the Country Club at Brookline uh, past 77,264 yards Uh, we haven't seen this uh, for a a men's major for a very very long time Um, we haven't actually seen it for any men's tournaments uh, since the, the US amateur in 2013 um, Jason, what, what are your views on the country club as you've seen so far, and, and how you expect it to play? It looks fantastic, doesn't it? Hmm. it? Looks
2: absolutely fantastic. You know, it's another one where they haven't, you know, you don't need length. To to um, so there's a couple of really good flyovers on it. Um, a couple of the um, longer holes, they've put really sort of narrow fairways and you know, rocks, etc., etc., et et right way you know, right by typical landing areas. Um, So you're going to have to make a decision there. Um, They've got that par three, really short par three, that has a a, a tabletop green surrounded by bunkers. It's going to be a nightmare. Uh, Yeah, they say you're going to need... A lot of the greens are going to have five, six-foot breaks. They're very small. Um, It's it's what you want. Having said that, um, you know, and there are stats all over the place for this. But having said that, um, we, we constantly go on about accuracy all the time. But if you look at least over the last six or seven years, um, driving distance has done the done the job. You know, um, you can go back. They've not been, you know, winners have not been accurate at all. Um, DJ, Brooks, twice, Woodland, DeChambeau, Ramp have not been accurate at all off the tee. In fact, most of them ranking outside the top 120. Um, but they've made it all at driving distance and they've won the tournament. So I don't know. I'd love it to be, Uh, you know, as an open tournament. I love it where anybody can win. But when you then look, um, you know, I get Dave Tyndall does a brilliant stats thing, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, every year for all the majors. Um, And when you look, you know, it happens. I mean, for the Masters, you need to be in the top 20. You know, that's 9 of 11 after Scheffler. Um, In the PGA, you need to be in the top... uh, uh, Sorry. uh, In the PGA, Justin Thomas made it 6 of 11. Top 10, you can tell I've done an article, <laughs> um, And then over here, it doesn't matter about the track. Um, every winner since McElroy has been in the top 30. So, you know, you have to be elite. And that does often come with uh, length off the tee. And the stats prove that length does it. So, as sad as it might be, and as much as I'd love to see Christian Bezindou winning the, um, or contending, <laughs> he may well do, but he's going to be left a long way behind. Because, again, despite the track, it looks... That say you have
0: to be. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because you look at it and you think, you know, just a touch over 7,200 yards. It's, you know, lot not long. You can sort of bring different people into it, and and I think there will be an element of that. But also when you look at the flyovers and and some of the holes, how long they're going to play, Brad, uh, compared yeah. to the yardage and where you've got to position yourself, it it certainly does favour length again.
1: Yeah, but I think it's very important. You you still hit your fair. Yeah. of fairways because the rough is up. I mean, you can. I mean, if you miss it by a little bit, I think it's like two and a half, three inch rough, something like that. Or it could be just two inch. Um, and then if it's if you get into real thick stuff, it's like five inch. You're gonna have to lay up, you know, before you can even think about hitting the green. So, I do think you've got to be hitting your, your fairways. And uh, yeah, just obviously it's a U.S. Open, as you've already alluded to, length does always come into play. Um, but the think accuracy is going to be very important yeah, yeah.
0: four of the last 18 years um the winner is ranked higher for accuracy than they have length uh but 13 of the last 18 winners are ranked inside the top 10 for driving distance um mm. and that that's from uh, steve rawlings on betfair so um with that said you know when you look at the 2019 us open pebble beach um yes you've got gary woodland from brooks Kepka. Uh, and John Rahm in third, but you also got Ches Revi there at third. You've also got Ches and Hadley at ninth. You've got Henrik Stenson at ninth. Um, you can get a decent mix. Fitzpatrick yeah. was there at twelve. Jason. Mm. So... Sorry, sorry.
2: I mean, you're getting yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you're getting eight, nine, ten, eleven places, mm. right? So absolutely. I mean, I'm not knocking going for one, but in terms of realistic winner, yeah, everything tells you. I mean, it's not, it's not. You know, you can have an opinion, or you can look at the things, and, and everything tells you. That distance is gonna is gonna matter, and uh, mm. I don't know why. And, I, and like Brad, I can't. I believe you need to be hitting the fairway. Um, we'll see. It's, it looks a very nice course. It looks a good course to watch. Anyway, that's a good.
0: It's always it's just always funny. I think you always see just, it was Guido this week that put the first one of dropping the the ball in the rough and it disappears, and yeah. everyone goes, "Oh my god, you can't possibly miss a fairway here." And then someone hits fifty percent of the fairways and wins the US Open. Like it just seems to happen every year. So um, whilst I, I definitely would have put it into a Fact into my consideration, I don't think I would, uh, you know, rule someone out because they're completely mm-hmm. wild off the tee. Because I, I think there's different players. I think if if Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy are wild off the tee, then they're okay because they got the powers to get out of the rough. If Cameron, Smuff, Cameron Smith misses a few fairways, um, he could be in trouble as he showed in the first round of the um, Canadian mm-hmm. Open. So it, it really just, I think it's player dependent who it is that can. Like, can Colin Morikawa, Brad, afford to miss fairways? You know, that, that's his game. That's where he gains yes, exactly. his kind of, you know, strokes. If he misses fairways, maybe he's in trouble.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. No, I agree with that.
0: Let, let's look at the, the betting then. So, Scotty Shepherd is generally the 12 to 1 favourite. Uh, Rory McIlroy, 14 to 1 with John Rahm and Justin Thomas. And then you've got Cameron Smith at, you know, 20 really best price. Uh, Xander Schofo, 22. Patrick Candey, 22. Uh, and let's just group all these of, of Smith, Morikawa, and Hovland in that bracket as well. Um, Jason, I will come to you first. Top of the market. Is, is there a player that you think
2: stands out amongst the rest? Yeah, and I don't really do this, but um, I think you've got to be really worried about Scotty Shepherd. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, is there anybody value up there? I, you could make a case for every single one that you mention, and there are reasons why you. I don't fancy Morikawa at all. Don't fancy my card. Don't fancy Hovland. Um, no. Tony Fitzpatrick is a terrible price to win it. Um, and and so, you know, you look at it, and, and for me, somebody who is going to be there is without question the world number one, or the current world number one, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, he won Phoenix uh, for his first win. Um, he was in the top 20 in the world anyway before he won. You know, such was, you know, 4th an 8th at the PGA, had a top 10 of to all St. George's, you know... Um, he had a pair of top-20 finishes at Augusta. So, pedigree was there already anyway. We knew that. Um, then he wins at Phoenix, and you think, oh, what's Phoenix got to do with anything about the US Open? And you've got two-time Phoenix winner, Brooks Koepka. Um, uh, got Masters champion and two-time US Open top-10, uh, Hideki. And then you've got Gary Woodland, who won the Phoenix in 2008 in the year before Pebble. So, Phoenix might actually be, a, a, for whatever reason, I'm sure we can think of them, but um, as a direct comparison... I'm not sure. For some reason, it works for the U.S. Open. Webb Simpson um, done both, hasn't he? And, and of yeah. course, yeah. And of course, Sheffield's <coughs> also got the Masters win, where you know if you are missing fairways, you need to know where to miss the greens in the right place, if you like. And that's what they're saying about um, TCC as well this week. Um, look, anybody could have thought that he'd gone. He'd had his golden patch, and he's number one, and etc. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, but he came back. you know, He had a terrible final round. That's um, the Colonial. Um, I mean, he did need to do much to beat Bones. Burns mugs him. Beats him in the playoff, obviously. But he didn't need to. He only needed one birdie in the final round. He would have won. Um, I think he's, he's hes just... I don't know what's happened to him. Obviously, Ted Scott in the bag is brilliant. Um, it's calmed him down. He doesn't flap in front like a lot of them do. He's—he's he's, looks bomb-proof to me. He, he's not spectacular. But the way he goes about his business, like he did in the match play, for example, where he's just knocking off players as they got towards the final and then, and then you know, walk the final, really, I, I think he's, he's exceptional. And I think he's going to be terrifically hard to beat.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I take all that on board. And I think it, it's strange, isn't it? It's always one of those things that everyone wants to be the one that says, oh, you know, Scottish Shepherd's run is going to come to an end. Like, it's a hotter take to say he's going yeah. to you know, the cut, and is to say he's going to win, right? And everyone appoints the fact that he missed the cut at the USPGA. That was a very funky golf course. Um, mm. Generally speaking, his, his major record is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, as you said, he's got one of the best caddies out there uh, on the bag. Whether that's made a direct difference is very hard to, you know, really establish, but it would coincide with what he's done. Um, outside of his win, he's obviously got four top eight finishes in major championships already. Uh, One of them was in this in uh, 2021. So Tory Pines, I I would say uh, this could apply to, and this is is where you have to establish, I think, Brad, how you feel about the golf course, because the, Mm -hmm. the top of the market is dominated by guys that make their gains off the tee. Like yeah. that, that that's where they've got their edge. You know, Rory McIlroy is, you know, an elite driver of the golf ball. John Rahm yeah. is the best driver of golf ball in the world. Like if you if you think that's gonna be negated slightly this week, then you're probably not looking to this top part. I mean if you if you could think of a US Open in recent history, is there a course you think would would stack up to this one? <sighs>
1: I'm not sure, mate, to be honest. I mean I do think you can um, <coughs> look at something hills a bit. But I don't know, it's I think maybe even I do think it's a shot maker's track. So I just look at I think Riviera is not even a bad look, or even that um, the Wells Fargo course. What is it? Yeah, TPC Potomac. Because oh, you... there's a lot of elevation. Um, I just think you just got to be in control of your ball, and I think short game's going to come into it a lot. And I think with the looking at the rough, you just you've got to hit it straight um, and long. So yeah, that's literally what I looked at. I didn't really look at any other. Comps other than that, as I found it quite tough for myself to sort of pinpoint a, a really good one, if I'm honest.
0: So, so there is a player amongst those that you would sort of opt for over the others.
1: Well, I've landed on Xander at the top of the market. I do think Cameron Smith um, is probably a little bit too skinny, but I do think he will enjoy this course. Um, I think he, I think short games, obviously with the small greens, it's going to be important um, and it does reward shot making and creativity, which is. Obviously Cam Smith, so I feel like, but I just his driving, his wayward drives are just too, too bad at the moment. So I'm, I'm looking a bit further down, and I've gone to Zander Schafer, 22 to one, and that's nine places of William Hill, and I just he's just the strongest fancy for me at the top because I mean he had that disappointing miss at Augusta, and everyone fancies him to do well there each year. Started, but since then he started creeping into a bit of better form. He had that tied fifth at the Byron Nelson. 13th at the US and uh, 18th at the Memorial in his last three starts, and I know that isn't really much to write home about, but the approach game is is really trending upwards. He's, I think he was fourth, yeah, ranked fourth in the field at Memorial. Um, accuracy, as I said before, is going to be important um, given that he's for a rush, but he he didn't really hit it that well off the tee last time out, But his pre- previous two starts, he gained strokes off the tee, and all and he has the all-round game, and that's why he does both such like an impressive major record it just feels as though at the moment he just needs it all just to click at once um but yeah he's the he's the type of player that does raise his game to the big events so i'm just taking a chance that it just all clicks into place for this one and i mean we all know about zander's uh us open yeah. record it's just ridiculous it's just his best major in terms of consistency from five starts his worst finish has been tied seventh at torrey pines last year Uh, with his best finish coming in 2019, which was a third at Pebble Beach. So he gets a lot of criticism for not winning enough and only winning no-cut events. So he doesn't really fill you with much confidence when he does have the lead, a bit like Fiena today at the Canadian Uh Open. But there's there's no doubt that Xander is still amongst the elite. He just needs that all-important major win to sort of remind people of that. And, uh, yeah, I just think, he has a bit of history as well at the course. I think we we're talking about this earlier. Where you can't really put too much stock into that, but he made the last 16 of the US Amateur, um, so that can only be a positive, you know. So yeah, I, I really like him, um, but I think yeah, 22 to one. I think that's just about fair enough.
0: I think there's. I think with the 22 to one, because. I think there's still kind of books that are probably going to change their place offerings now. I think there might be some 10 places somewhere or whatever. But mm-hmm. as it stands, William Hill, the nine places, 22s ones, the best you're going to get. Um, I think there's actually some juice in the E-Trade price just because you don't normally get him plus twenty, um, you know, in, in these kind of place terms. I, it just feels like to me. Like, I know that it's the most ridiculous US Open record ever. Like, it is so good. But he's never felt like he was going to win one. That that would be like he's never looked like mm-hmm. he was ever in contention. Like he's come from inside the top ten or outside the top ten each round, like but it's just never felt like he's actually gonna go on to do that. And I don't think that's the case. I think he can, I think Xander Shoffley can win any any week. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not an issue. Like I I just think there's something between the ears that for some reason that and I think this happens to some of the people, they're just victims of their own success. He come out of it so good so quickly that uh, you know, it, it might cost him and um mm-hmm. We shall see. I think, I think, Brad. If if you took, and this is really hypothetical and probably useless, but if you said this was the PGA Championship at Brookline, I know um, what you're would, would you think it'd be a big yeah. price? Yeah. Would would you so would you the, back him?
1: No. Yeah. I still can. Yeah. I still back him. But I, oh. I think I would. Yeah. I mean, because he still said uh, most importantly, his approach. I think I've seen enough of his approach game in recent weeks. Um, but, yeah, you'd, I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Would he be a bigger price? Do you reckon he's shorter I don't know. I think, I think he'd, I think he'd the US be US
0: the same Open? price.
1: I think think there's some good juice in that price. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, as, as you said, um, he has been a lot shorter in recent years. I think I think last year he was, like, in the teens, wasn't he? I think he was,
0: yeah. like, 18. I fully expected him to be kind of 16, eighteen's one because it was US Open. And he'd had, I think at more he'd had the best ever stroke game approach round he's ever had or or it might have been the best ever week he's ever had. Um, so it's, it's it's you know really hard to work mm. out whether it's value or not um, because the, the obvious thing is, n- no, he doesn't win, but the, the other obvious thing is that he's incredible US Open formats. He's gonna put himself in the mix. And I think I think there's just enough prior value in the E-Trade the e terms of that to, uh, yep. to make it appealing. He, I think, go on, Chase.
2: He's also got the uh, Phoenix form as well. He has. That, for yeah, some should, reason, should have I have no idea why. And it was him <coughs> and Jordan Spieth, wasn't it? So there we are. There's major, major connotations for you. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, it is it's definitely a, a, a major champion's uh, paradise, that Phoenix Open. Maybe it's the the atmosphere. I don't know. The pressure that comes with it. It's,
1: yeah.
0: There's a couple of different factors, maybe. Um, so I suppose we've got... Let's talk about each person's credentials, Just and then we'll skip forward a little bit. But... Roy McIlroy is obviously playing absolutely phenomenally right now. Um, Jason, he's been in great form for an extended period of time now. You look at his last three US Opens, they've all been inside the top 10. He's obviously won one. It wasn't really a US Open uh, back when he won it, but uh, you you can't knock that from him, really. He he did get the victory. Is is he likely to get a major championship again soon, the way he's playing? And, And is this a golf course that he can do it on, Jason?
2: Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't see it on a golf course like this, to be honest. But yes, of course. He's, he's, like we said, it's it's very very difficult to split all of these, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know, again, as you say, he's an absolute bomber off the tee. Like we say, actually, I mean, go back to Scotty's as well. Same thing. You know, Sheffield's up there with um, on distance and outside the top hundred on actually off the tee, but that seems to win the U.S. Open for whatever reason. Um, and and Rory's very very similar. Um, Obviously, they're not going to take and have to bomb it, you know, every hole like, you know, the old days, you know, if you played Beth plays Black or something like that. Um, There's going to be a bit more a bit more guile involved. That's the question, you know, do you want to back a Rory McIlroy type or do you want to back a Shane Lowry type? Hmm. Um, I can't see Rory winning this, to be honest with you, around here. Um, but fair play, is going to be there, isn't it? And, and I, you know, to be honest, I think seven of the top ten players and the leaderboard are going to be this lot. Um, because it's mm-hmm. it's so elite, and I think it just requires such a degree of concentration and and ability. And, and I think that's where we're talking. You know, like we always say, we say take here, we say it. I think most majors, it's a horrible week for betting because yeah. we like to look down and have a look at 100, 1 yeah. certainly Brad, you know, one hundred fifty one shots. You you know, you are going to struggle to get one of them one of them up there, really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think no. I think the thing with Rory that's kind of stood out to me is that like. And I think maybe you get kind of drawn into the fact that they keep repeating it on the commentary. But on the eye test, he's around the green stuff, looks a lot better. And that and that's a huge factor for here. Um, I don't think there's any value in backing him now as opposed to seeing what he does. Um, uh, by the time people listen to this, it, it, you know, you don't know what Rory McIlroy's done uh, at the Canadian mm-hmm. Open. But as we we're recording, um, we don't know what he's done in the final round. But... I think you might as well, like, you know, what's he going to go to? 12 to 1 if he wins a Canadian Open. It, you, you might as well just wait. So it's, I, th- I think if he wins that, um, that would be huge. I think it would be I think it'd be really big for him if he goes and wins the week before a major. I think that's a, a massive step forward uh, in belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's obviously, it's not been a long time since he won a course, but it feels like it is. Like that CJ Cup, it feels like he's stole that a little bit. Um, I know he obviously won at Wells Fargo, so you can't really get much more, you know, you know assertive as winning twice in the season but um it Mm. still feels like it's been a while since he really looks at his brilliant winning best and uh i think he just needs to do that you know this week and then go on to that but folks sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch that's why the king of crotch comfort manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxes, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. That comes to John Rahm then. Uh, John Rahm's still, even with that Mexico open, Brad, still doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he's he's at his game. You know, 48 for the US PGA. 27th at the Masters so far in his major efforts, 55th at the Players, so he's really not turned up at the biggest events. He was 10th at the Memorial when he was pretty yeah. awful.
1: He finished with that 69th <laughs> of the week, so I kind of feel, you, you know, it could be, that gives you that little bit of, you sort of found something, even, but it's that classic final round and you just pressure's off and you just, so you don't really know how much, put much stock into it, but, but it's John Rahm. He could easily just show up and win, um, but he hasn't looked the same force recently as he has you know as we all know the John Rahm that's dominated for so long so um I don't know I, I couldn't possibly commit at 14 to 1 personally I just don't think there's enough juice in that price based off his previous play and that's pretty much it for me I don't really look too much further no uh,
0: I, I think I think the fact that he obviously is the reigning US Open champion Uh, He finished third at Pebble Beach in 2019, and he's got two other 23rd place finishes against two miscuts in this tournament, suggests that he does like a U.S. Open setup. When it you know you consider the fact of how good he's been off the tee uh, for for an extended period of time now, you can understand why this would suit him. I just yeah, I just don't trust him, especially at the price. Um, I don't
1: to one, yeah.
0: I mean, John Rahm at his best was going off at seven eight to one and ten to one in tournaments, but not for majors and. I don't think you're getting much out of the 14, so I'm, I, I, I don't even... I'd much
1: rather back Sheffler at 12 if I'm being completely honest. I think he's the, as Jason said, he's the worthy favourite, you know. Um, and I think for two points more, you're just, you're going to get, a, I think you're going to get a much better run on Scotty. Yeah. I trust him more. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that.
2: Um, Jason, any other thoughts on Jason, uh, John Ron? No, you've. Got, I think you've covered it. I think it's time now to sort of say, yeah, you know, 14-1, just, you know it's not really interested are we haven't we haven't been interested in that price on a regular event um i can see him getting again it it, it won't need much to to set him off will it around here no um obviously not as much as till hatton but you know um, (laughs) it, it won't need much to set him off and and i can see his patience running out. to be honest
0: what do you make of of justin thomas's us open record because he's got Two top tens and then he's got three top thirty twos and two miscuts, like mm. it doesn't feel like it's actually his major and yeah, it which seems just... weird because he's a good scrambler and he's good tee screen but It's just your all rounder, isn't he? Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's got the same power that you need if you go into the into the rough. And I think when you look at where he's done well, it's not been the US Opens where it's been really penal. And yeah. I, I just wonder how he would cope. If uh, was it Aaron Hills where he did probably his best performance in his Open, which was
1: yeah, sixteen I
0: under par. Um, so I, it just feels like to me like what we probably would have said about Roy McIlroy in the past of maybe this is just not their tournament, this kind of grind, and um, I don't really need any question marks at 14. So I much preferred him for the PGA, and and that panned out in the end. Although I still think he stole that a little bit. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Cameron Smith, we've kind of mentioned. I think it's very much going to depend on
1: just the driver
0: yeah like it, it really does depend you know we get put off on these kind of dropping the balls in the rough and how far away are they dropping the ball in the rough like if it's people walking around the golf course then um you know likely if this is your ball's not going to go there it's going to go maybe in the slightly shorter stuff and you know how often is that going to happen around and mm. if Cameron Smith is going to go in there which he, he he's going to go in there with his driver can he get out and, and save it it always feels like Cameron Smith's going to make the best of a really bad situation, but at twenty to one, is it is it just too short, Brad, even for you?
1: Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I think it's just a, just enough short. I do have some interest in him. Um, I do, as I said, think it will be a good course for him. Um, but I think at twenty to one, that's just short enough to to move on. Um, just because of the, the worries about his driver at the moment. You know, it's worth. I know it's always been his, um, a bit of a weak point with him, um, but. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't look great. <laughs> no,
0: it, it it's tough, isn't it? I think I think for me, like I was very down on Cameron Smith's major chances just because I thought, you know, we'd we'd overreact on how he'd done in, in you know, one major in the Masters and then he'd played well yeah. at the PGA and you know, had a decent chance. And <clears throat> but when you look at his US Open record as a whole, he's got that fourth place finish at Chambers Bay, which is a very different, you know, US mm-hmm. Open to to what this was. Don't know. I really don't know. I, I think just price wise I'm not that interested. And then you come mm-hmm. down to Cantlay, Spieth, Morikawa and Hoffland and
1: uh Cantley's interesting.
0: He's certainly interesting. I don't know what he's interesting for, but it's it
1: you know, it's But then again I I think it's just like people are gonna get excited from his performance at the Memorial, which is just like his... It's that's his, his golf tournament. course, isn't it? Yeah. That's and his tournament, you know, so... When you look, um, second at
0: the Heritage, second at the Phoenix, third at Memorial, fourth at Pebble Beach, even night for Amex, they're so just all tournaments he's always played well at. And yeah. when you look at first night for the Masters, miscut the PGA, miscut the players, 33rd
1: at Riviera. Still think he's that little bit too short, isn't
0: he? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, you know, I want him to be good again because... I think it's good to have that kind of competitiveness in there. And I think I, I kind of like it when he's a little bit shorter and takes a bit more of the market because when he becomes mm-hmm. 22 two's one, you don't have to think about him. Whereas when he's 14, 16, I never care. Um, yeah. But Jason, this is the sort of prices that you always looked at, you know, Patrick Cantlay in the past and sort of question whether it is worth it or not. Is,
2: is he just out of your mind at the moment? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah hearing anything that I want to do at all to be honest here. Yeah. Um, I've got the top 30 written down, I've got what I think is, is what I'm looking for and he's not there, so he left us, he's left aside I'm afraid.
0: So we're coming to Morikawa and Hovland who both got the most glaring weakness that is exactly the same, that <laughs> if they can both work on their chipping uh, they can completely turn their situation around. I do worry for Morikawa, Brad, that if if he finds the rough
1: then he's uh, toast that's the worry.
0: Uh, yeah that is
1: the obvious worry isn't it
0: and it's just also like he he just can't get up and down around the greens he's just been absolutely horrendous at it and you know Victor is exactly the same so the, yeah. the idea that they could both bullshit their no. way around and, and not have to do it is you know obvious but at twenty fives and twenty eight, so I, I probably won't bother still
1: yeah, you need an all round. For me, I'm Just if they do, they'll have to have a ball striking performance like no other. Um, and uh, we've seen it in the past. I mean, you can, but at the same time, it's like you need to have the all round game, usually at a major. So I'm not going to take a chance. And they both haven't been like, absolutely hitting it like the best they have been recently, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's them two uh, easy to pass. I love them both as players. They're both fantastic. But yeah, I don't think there's enough all-round game there at the minute to consider them for me.
0: No, I, I definitely have concerns, especially Hovland. It feels like he's really gone off the boil, and and that was always going to happen. He was he was playing at an unsustainable rate, right? He's 24 years mm. of age, and <coughs> again with him, it's like he's had that 13th place finish at the uh, 12th place finish at the US Open at Pebble, and then 13th uh, the year later, and yeah. that, and that's kind of been his. He had 12th at the St. George's last year, but it, it just feels like. That's his peak at the moment in major championships. He hasn't ever looked mm. like doing better than that, and that's a slight concern. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: is <clears throat> have we put too much stock in what he's done? I'm
1: pretty sure weeks. we'll get some. Uh, we'll get a boost on Hovland, as we've seen with Morikawa this week. Because I think they're not stupid. At the same time, it's like they're trying to invite you in, but I don't think they generally think they. What what, have what to do price? I mean, you,
0: you can get thirty three to one as a bit three six five yeah, boost on Morikawa at the moment. And if, if Hovland goes to that, is there any interest in either of those two?
1: I don't think... I mean, I've got to admit that Morikawa number is tempting because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Morikawa and uh, best build, best ball striker on when he's on song. Um But, yeah, no, I, I'm going to stick to my guns and I don't think either of them have got the right short game um, to do well around here at, at present.
0: Jace, is there a price that either of those two players get to that you just bet them just from value alone?
2: Not my car at all. He's, no. He looks absolutely... No, no, I'm not backing someone going to the US Open off, off the back of his latest five results, no. Not interested at all. So, um, I mean, obviously there is one, you know. I mean, we said... You know, I said that after the uh, Scottish Open. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, you know, there we are. Look what he did, look what he did a week later. But uh, he doesn't. it doesn't look in the right frame of mind at all. There's far too many, um, you know... Look, this is a classy field. There's far too many players that are playing immensely better than Morikawa, it'd be very hard to see him suddenly turn it around and, and, and come on and win half-time. I can't, I can't have it at all. It's,
1: it's crazy to think that if you gave me Neiman, Morikawa and Hovland at the same price, I'd take Chalco and that's, and that's it. All right, OK.
0: No, I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's an interesting point because he's obviously something we're going to come on to in a minute. Um Hey guys, just a quick note before we go any further with the US Open Preview, I just want to talk to you about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a new sponsor of the Lost Words podcast and this US Open Preview is powered by their AG1 product elastic Greens sent me their AG1 products and I was immediately intrigued. I don't really take vitamins, it's not something I've got in my daily life, but once I was sent the products and I spoke to people at work or my family, I quickly learned that this is a product that people are already using and do trust, which was huge for me. Um, as I said before, I'm not a huge vitamin taker. Due to the r- routine, I just find it really hard to take it on time and schedule, but AG1 takes that stress away. You've just got one scoop uh, or travel pack serving of the AG1 products, and you'll absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. And that sounds like a lot, and you know it is a lot to take in. But to simplify it, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. And it also helps with your aging, which, as I approach 30, I'm certainly starting to notice. Um, The best thing is is just how lifestyle friendly it is. I just need one scoop of my water each day and i take it right away when I wake up and and I'm done for the day and I feel better about myself. I've been kind of under the weather this week and it's certainly boosted my energy um, and and kind of helped. I've I've had a cold and a cough and things like that. And it certainly seems to have have helped that. Um, Not only that, but whether you're on a keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free diet, it's all suitable for all of those, which means you don't have to compromise your kind of lifestyle choices to take it as well. So you might wonder how much it's gonna set you back due to all the benefits, but the good news is it sets you back just $3 a day. This is less than a coffee each day and you're actually investing into your health, which is a you know, a huge improvement into your lifestyle. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day and that's your lot. No need for a million different pills and supplements to support your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW to claim this offer. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. But just thinking about Morikawa, like he's had two really standout final rounds uh, at Riviera and the Masters and finished second and fifth in that time. Otherwise, it's just been, it's been dire, isn't it? And Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know why again I don't know if it's the same with Hovland like both of them are just getting to a point where they can't sustain their form and you know has always someone said the other day why does he always look such a good price in the majors at the moment it's like well because he's he has won two of the last eight until that gets extended to two of the last 20 uh, he's always going to make some sort of appeal but yeah you know I don't know I think I think I'm out on both of them um, which is absolutely fine which brings us to the the elephant in the room, who's going to be very, very popular this week and is shorter than both of those, generally speaking, um, in the market. And he was the winner of that aforementioned US amateur, which is uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Brad. And mm-hmm. 22 to 1 to win a major championship. It seems like. It like,
1: seems mental when concerning. he hasn't won. Um, but look, he has been playing some fantastic golf. He just cannot, for the life of him, put four rounds together to win a tournament. And that is the. Bit all and an all, isn't it? But he has been superb, and and look, it get, it's going to be a great course for him. I think it will be, uh, but it's just one of those. You look at the price and you think, bloody hell, really? Am I going to yeah. commit to taking him at 22 to one, 25 to one? If you want to sh- shorten terms, it's just a very difficult one. Uh, I mean, well, I say it's difficult because I have a, I have a problem of betting him, <laughs> um, and as we said earlier. Um, he'll probably likely do. He could fall out of the places completely today. Shoot like a 75, uh, as you said, Tom. And he'd he'd put everyone off him. He yeah. Might even drift a little. And uh, then everyone would no one would go back on him. And then he wins. Yeah. It would be typical, <laughs> wouldn't it? That'd just be Sod's Law, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, now I have a problem with Fitz. I I openly admit I do really like his game. Um, I think there's just something upstairs a bit when he gets in contention, uh, which is very common, um, as we see with a lot of other golfers. Um, I just but, find yeah.
0: it so hard to accept from Fitz because he's been so dominant when he's I won know. DP World Tour events. Like, and I know, I know there's a golfing quality, and I know that you know the, the adult you know argument between winning on the PGA Tour and winning on the DP World Tour. But he's he's just been he's looked so assured of himself in those events, and I I, I just I don't know. I just I think it's like a self-imposed pressure. Like, I need to win on the PGA Tour, and you know, you, just, you start putting that into major championships, and it becomes even worse. But yeah, I, I think he's Jason. Like you, you know, we said in previous podcasts, he's probably that that victim of the increased place terms. That he'd probably be maybe forty to one or thirty-three to one or whatever. If it was just the the old place terms, because we're extended to nine and ten places, they, they're not taking a chance. At him.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I also think there's a player that's very similarly priced that I'd rather be with in a major. Come on in. There's, who, there's has, no, a... who also hasn't won on the PGA Tour. I wonder who that could be. Let's get into Will Zalatoris, <laughs> straight. Okay. Will Zalatoris. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, what can you say? How, how hasn't he won? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's quite remarkable. I mean, he hasn't had... You know, let's face it, sad, like, we used to talk about Zalatoi so much, we think he's been on there for three, four, five years. Yeah. You know, he has He's been there, what, a year and a half, something like that, two years maybe? Um, I think he's got special exemption. I guess, yeah, for...
0: for twenty twenty six, something like that. Yeah, consistency-wise, yeah. he's been on there for just over a
2: year, isn't he? Mm. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's he's brilliant. He's, you know, number 14 in the world, or he is until, obviously, tonight gets settled. Um, 13th off the tee, leading approaches. Uh, this is over the last it hasn't really changed, has it? But over the last eight weeks, I think he's uh, 13th off the tee, first approaches, 16th tee of green. Um, he's top 15 in distance, top five in greens found. Um, and I really... I mean, obviously, his runner-up at the Masters was excellent. Um, you know, he then gets uh, tied sixth a year later, so you know he can play the big tournaments. And his pattern was better, wasn't it? His pattern was better uh, at yeah. Augusta. Um, top 10 at Kiowa Island, and then a playoff loss this year when... Um, obviously Mito Pereira, who might get to later as well. Yep. Uh, Mito really threw it away. Uh, but nevertheless, it still would have been another top three, uh, another major. Um, I just think he's, he's incredible, really. He's had seven starts in majors, five top ten finishes, one withdrawal. Um, it's short, but would, I'd much rather be with him than uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, to be honest with you here. He's <laughs> absolutely screaming that he's going to win. Um, and what I really liked is if everybody was sort of having a go at him, I really liked that last hole at Muirfield. I thought it was fabulous. TV cameras went straight to him. 177 yards, hardest hole on the golf course. Boom, 19 inches. It was brilliant. And yeah, how he hasn't won, well, we don't know. But I think this is again another massive chance for a Man that He's just brilliant at green. He's just, you know, unbelievable. And I, you know, that putter doesn't need to do that much. This no. Way. You know, hopefully he'll, you know, his, his, his green finding. Stays with him, um, and that was obviously you know half the field aren't going to find the greens are going to be struggling. He should hopefully find as many as anybody else, and uh, be right there. I think. I, think yeah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go any bigger than the prices now. No. I think. I
0: think. I think this is a problem with Fitz. Is he's now surrounded by Fitzhalden and Conor McCarry and Will Zalatoris at the same price, and you've kind of got you've got to make your own decision between those. And I think Zalatoris is definitely the one to trust mentally over him versus Fitzpatrick. um Putting ironically, I'm not concerned about the putting. Like it just it, it doesn't phase me for this. I think it's just it it doesn't influence my decision either way. Like it, I think is he gonna miss one probably? But everyone that everyone gets worried about is his little three footers. He doesn't miss them, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I wonder whether his touch around the greens, when he does eventually miss them, might let him down. Um, and I also just wonder if he's one of the ones, Jace, where his driving which is so elite and, and such a standout feature for him might just be a little bit negated here because you know he'll be clubbing down and you know there, there's two the, again it, it's very much like you can either take these really strong powerful drivers of the golf ball strong long and accurate um that that can overpower a short golf course because you know you've got Roy McIlroy Tony Finau Justin Thomas all of that up at the Canadian Open this past week is a indicator of what you can do and then you've got the other guys that can kind of Steady their way around. It's whether you think Zalatoris can do that, James, which I'm assuming you do if you're backing him at 25 to one, because that that's that's where his edge is. I think is off the tee.
2: Um, look, I think he knows that his iron players elite, and it's yeah. the same conversation you had about Morikawa, yeah. you know. But one of them is flying, and one of them really isn't. Yeah. And it is purely the lack of a one by his name that puts people off, and it's the only thing that can possibly put you off. There's mm-hmm. nothing else, I, I believe, that, that can do that. Uh, you know, he's, he's a couple of his best pattern performances have been at majors over the last year. Um, I, look, it's, 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 like we say, it's, you know, when you look down, you see, um, you know, the pariah Dustin Johnson at a bigger price. Um, and his, you know, um, potential that is based on other things um, and the fuss and the press that's going to that's gonna occur. But, yeah, like I say, when you look at Morikawa's out of form, when you look at Hovland, who we don't particularly trust, it's got to be just the lack if he had, had a won like i don't know September last year, you wouldn't even be having the question about about whether we can trust him or not to yeah, win yeah
0: um,
2: and he's that... Like, you know what I mean he's so close to doing it it's it's nonsense so um yeah yeah i think I think he's huge here this week
0: yeah i still I still don't think he did an awful lot wrong when he when he lost out at sorry Pines to to loot list um mm-hmm. I don't think he done a massive amount wrong you know he was one of a group of players that didn't shower themselves in glory on the final round of the PGA, but he wasn't any worse than anybody else. And, and Justin Thomas just got the better of him over a free high aggregate. Like that's, you know, one mm-hmm. of the best players and winners to ever do it. And, you know, it, it, it's some things that happen. When you look at the, just his, you know, OWGR stuff in general, Will Zanotorius is is ridiculous. His top finishes, PGA oh. second, Masters second, Tory Pines second, sixth at the Masters, sixth at the
1: US Open. It's ridiculous, Brad. You have to be a top top player to have them finishes. Like, there's no two ways about it. And you, you just, I think you're just going to see a Scottish Scheffler situation. When he does get that win, he's just going to go bosh, 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 um, and he'll be up there. In the, once, well, he's already up there, kind of in the best amongst the best in the world. But I mean, he'll be really up there in the top five um, as and when he does. And I think, as he's proven in the past, he really does raise his game for the, the majors. And what Jason said is, he, he, the putting improves. On the majors weeks as well, so I just think, like, if he's going to break through, it's always it looks likely it's going to be one of the big ones, yeah. uh, More than anything, yeah. No, I agree with that. I I think, I think, like, you know, I've always
0: it's probably the most boring thing I ever say on here, but I I, I am happy to back him in a major just as much as I am a regular event. I trust him to win Mm. one as much as I do the other. It, It really doesn't make a difference to me, it's just course dependent and, and things like that. And for some reason, I've got it in my head that this might just be negating him slightly, but, uh, yeah,
1: yeah
0: we, fair. we will go, uh, on to the next one. You mentioned him already. Dustin Johnson, um, 33 to one with eight places.
1: No, if didn't think about it,
0: <laughs> didn't think about it. So it's interesting because I did, and I thought I was going to come into this back him. Um, I just don't. I don't know if it's there. I, I don't know if it is quite there to you, you know when. It's too
1: much going on in his world right now. It's like.
0: Well, I, I think he can. I think he can do the thing where he finishes top ten, and does what he did at the players and has a really strong final round and pops up and and just, you know, is up on the leaderboard, causing a bit of a problem where they have to talk about him and and that's about it. But I don't know that yeah. he can actually um, contend because he's just not playing well enough. And you know, you look at. When he won his major championships, he was he was in unbelievable form, and yes, you know he, he's not playing like that, and that's that's just the way it is. Like, it's always one of those things, like him and Brooks at thirty-three to one. They're like, well, look at their major records. Look at especially Brooks, like win, win, second, fourth, his last four U.S. Opens, and another <laughs> fourth as well. Like, it's so hard to kind of ignore. And if anything, Brooks is literally played decent enough this season to even suggest that he's a touch of value over Dustin Johnson but I don't know I mean I think I'm just gonna ignore both of them and and just go a different way um that's
1: what I'm doing (laughs) yeah I
0: thought I'm just gonna do it and just not try and figure it out because it's probably just too much problem so then I'm left with the conundrum of Joaquin Neiman, Shane Larry and Sam Burns and uh (coughs) I think they've all got their own they're a good trio actually
1: you should all consider
0: them I think they've all got a case to be made you know sam burns is just a winner like he, he's just very very good in contention now he mm-hmm. i think again he'd be another person as, as jason alluded to it'd be better if he's a couple off the off the, uh, off the pace and yeah. that's absolutely fine as, you know, i don't care how they win it um i don't go in there thinking they're all going to win wire to wire so my concern with burns is he still hasn't actually really contended in a major championship but he finished was it top 20 last time out at the, the pga That's Mm -hmm. a a sign of encouragement, I think. Um, Is it a good golf course for him? I think so. I think there's, you know, he's won at Colonial, he's won at the Dow (coughs) as well. You know, two sort of technical, tight, tough tracks that sort of demand that you play well off the tee. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's obviously a a plus. Yeah, so I think Sam Burns makes plenty of appeal. Um, I think the price is fair enough considering the way that he's playing, and, and he's definitely on a consideration for me. I haven't made my mind up. Wacky mm-hmm. Neiman is, very much for me, Like I just want him to show up in a major at some point.
1: But I really I, like him, I think. Yeah. I, just, I do really like him. I think he's just showing enough recently. I think the course will suit. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you a really good showing at Memorial. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think... I, I saw 40s this morning, and I was a bit late on it. I do, I, do, I think, waiting for the place terms... I'm hoping there might be some. Uh, I still want to have the places of him because obviously he hasn't really done much yet in the majors. So, uh, but I do think he is a great, uh, great driver of the ball, brilliant um, ball striker, and I just think we we saw at Riviera what he's capable of. Uh, I don't mind that as a comp this week because you have to be in control of the ball. Um, have controlling but yeah i i do think that they're at 40s i could i could go there if the place terms are right that's it's in my head he's the one out of the three i think i would probably go for
0: so the thing for me is that like he he seems to have found his feet a little bit in majors like he's never played that well but he's made the last five straight cuts which i think is important like just not bombing out at majors when you know you put so much pressure on yourself so 35th at the Masters this year is his best finish in three starts at the Masters. 23rd at the PGA is his best finish in four starts at the PGA. And the US Open, he's made two of his last three cuts finished in 23rd and 31st. So I do think, actually, if he's going to win a major, this might be one that sort of stands out for him at the moment. Uh, maybe St. Andrews is the one that plays into his hands as well. But again, I think Wacky Neiman makes a, a really good case. And then you've got Shane Larry, who just, <laughs> just keeps playing well. Um, yeah. Maybe gone off the boil a little bit Jason at the moment, Shane Lowry. It looks like maybe that run is coming to an end and that ball striking run was a little bit unsustainable.
2: Yeah, but he, you know, he rides on a <coughs> big occasion, doesn't he? He does. Um, and, and the course, I think, will suit him. If, if we look at it and we think what type of player, and I think we say the Shane Lowry type, even though, like I say, the stats say that's not the case. Um, yeah, perhaps he's a bit pedestrian over at Canada, isn't he, this week after, after being quite prominent. It may be that, you know, that tournament's gone and now he's looking forward to this one. I can see him there. Um, But, yeah, he he does To be honest, he doesn't fit out of all the ways you've you've spoken about. um, The figures do suggest Neiman, to be honest with you. yeah. Sam Burns, I thought Sam Burns is interesting. Um, Obviously, he's won Valspar twice, which can be a tough track. Yeah. But he's won it in, you know, 17-under. And obviously, when he beat Scotty, he wasn't anywhere there when it was difficult. He came through a 7-under final round. So... I just wonder whether whether that cor- this course is actually you know going to suit him. U.S. Open type track is going to suit him. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see Lowry there, but none of them appeal for a win-based wind purposes. No.
0: no, I think I think the closest for me would would be Neiman. Um, <clears throat> just because I think he's the least. Uh, it sounds really weird, but I think the least predictable. So I think there's there's a lot of upside if he gets up there. Like I can mm-hmm. see Lowry being steady and, and not really doing a lot. I can see Burns. Popping out of a charge, but I, I just I think there's a bit an element of an unknown about Neiman that kind of appeals to me. Um, <laughs> nothing on Brooks kept from anyone. Are we, are we just happy to skip over him and just say he's not playing well enough. Yeah, that's for me. Yeah. Same so you, Chase? Yeah, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Cool. What about Hideki? Review as well. Same same issue. Um, Didn't consider yeah. him personally.
1: Uh, should work for him, but yeah.
0: uh, he, no, he's not in. The, he's not
2: in the one. I mean, of of that. No, no, he's.
0: Cool. So for me, Daniel Berger was quite interesting. Um mm-hmm. and I actually thought, Brad, that you might have, have gone that yeah, way. I
1: still still got I'm still open to the idea. I mean I haven't finished my card yet, but he's certainly someone that I'm looking at certain. I think he is the
0: true test of like we are gonna find out whether you still need the length of the T to win the issue open mm-hmm. or not. Because he obviously isn't a big hitter. Uh, he gains his strokes. If he ever gains strokes off the tee, it's purely based on accuracy. Um, his irons
1: can get red hot. But his best... Incredible bunk, player <clears throat> Which is going to be needed this week.
0: Yeah, like he's just, he's got a tidy short game. He's got, you know, I think he's got a good... It seems weird. I think he's got a good mentality, but he's let himself down in recent times. Like the Honda, he was a little bit disappointing. But... You know, I just I just think he's got a little bit about him that if, if the course conditions play in a way that they kind of suggest they will, you know, that sixth place finish in 2018, seventh place finish, you know, top ten, yeah. yeah, like two top tens, uh, you know, is his best standout major so far. Um, and it, it's weird, like, you look at the fact that he finished seventh at Torrey Pines, and, and it shouldn't really be a golf course that suits him um, mm-hmm. in 2021, and yeah that kind of gives me a little bit of hope that actually he's going to come out here and do something on a course that will, Um, whether that's a little bit anecdotal and I I don't know, but it just feels like he, you know, he was right there um, in the final round. He was right there last week uh, at the Memorial and, and he was poor. There's no way to get away from that, (coughs) but it's a tough golf course. And (coughs) if you know, (coughs) if you've got any sort of anything missing at all, you're going to get caught out. So it, I, I think there's plenty to like about Daniel Berger. Um I like the fact he's kind of one of those sort of testing tracks, colonial, you know, FedEx can get a little bit windy. Heavily's mm. one out small green sometimes. So yeah, I, exactly. I think there's there's plenty to like about Daniel Berger. So you're you're definitely considering him, Brad. Um, yeah, I'm
1: considering him and Jalco at the moment. Whether I can take both, I'm not sure. But they're both firmly on my radar. Um, but I've already placed two in the same sort of Area though, around this range, so I'm not sure. I probably only got room for one more of them,
0: yeah. So, very very quickly, then uh, Tony Finau is someone that just always comes up in major championships as someone that's maybe worth betting. And <laughs> I don't know if this is his got if I don't think Zalatoris has got the edge here, and I don't know if Tony Finau has uh, because I think they sort of rely on the same sort of things. I thought Billy Horshaw was interesting because uh, and the fact that he won the Memorial helps him in the fact that he's got a bit of confidence but also hurts his price a lot because he's not normally this sort of price for a major championship and he's never really performed at one but the one time he ever did was Merion, and uh, there's been some talk about this being a little bit of a course comp for that oh. um whether it is or not I don't know <coughs> but, if it, but if it is that's obviously where he played his best golf he was he was fourth there I think he hit all 18 greens one day wearing octopus pants so you know that that's that's impressive enough as it is um, he he actually still had a really good chance to win it and only finished four off the pace of Justin Rose in the end and shot 74 to Justin is 70 in the final day so <clears throat> I think I think it's now time for Horschel to to kick forward in a major championship because we always yeah. hear about his attitude and how good he is at you know finding wins out of nowhere and he'll be great in Ryder Cups and all that sort of stuff and his major championship record doesn't reflect that. He's been really, really poor since, you know, finishing fourth for the US Open twenty thirteen, which was yeah. actually his second major start. So
1: and his you first tell he wants to prove everyone that he is a top <coughs> player as well. You know, like when he does get doesn't get the Ryder Cup call ups, so you, you know he voices that. He voices his disappointment and um yeah, he hasn't shown up in many majors in the past. So he's had that what is he at? He's got a tied fourth, hasn't he? Yeah. A, so this, uh, this was this
0: was the fourth. For this one at Merion, right? And so the 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 one before was in 2006. His first major. He must be an amateur, uh, and then he didn't play in the major until that one at Merion when he finished fourth. And you think, okay, like if you look on reflection, like if you think about Horschel finishing his first major as a professional in fourth place, and he hits all 18 greens, and and he's you know what was that 2013? So he'd won the Zurich Classic uh, before that as well. Then goes on to win. Uh, the FedEx cut the following year, winning the BMW and the Tour Championship. All of a sudden, you, you think he's nailed on to, to contend to these major championships. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's just been a sea of miscuts and <coughs> really poor performances. So I, I don't know what to do with Billy Horshaw, is the answer, but I think he's decent value. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Summon JM, which I'm going to let um, both of you guys talk about. So, Jason, I'll come on to you first with Summon so I can uh, catch my breath.
2: um yeah, again, Sung Jim wasn't particularly... I mean, obviously, um, you to <coughs> um, he wasn't particularly in my thing. I know Brad does fancy him. But putting it all together, um, there we are. You know, the last eight weeks, seventh off the tee, second tee to green, six around the green, which obviously we said could be crucial this week. Um, five birdie round at the Memorial. Um, he birdied uh, 16 and 17, I think, which are the fifth and sixth hardest ranked. And then we'll obviously... Um, he's um, a different type of player it's, it's, about, accuracy. it's about his short game um, but again he's, he's top 10 for, for greens in reg, top 10 for to Green which is what you want here um, if he misses it he's going to be one of the ones that can save um, I think if I'm not mistaken he's third in scrambling from 10 to 20 yards, 13 for 20 to 30 and top 20 for sand saves so he does miss the green, you want to be with him um, outside Augusta Dramatic major form, but he's fine. I mean, he's got uh, top 35 finishes at uh, Wingfoot, Kiwa, and Torrey Pines. They're not going to particularly have suited him. This will much more. Um, I know that uh, there's a few on already. I know Brad probably on, I'd imagine. Um, and he's still what is he 60 at the moment? He's still not bad. Yeah. 60 to one. For a top, 60 to one. Eight places. Eight. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad at all. He's he's. This looks one for him absolutely looks if he's ever going to mm. properly compete at US Open then, then this will be the one Um so yeah I think he's fine Yeah, especially as we've discussed many of the others that are half the price above him um, don't seem to have the credentials for it so yeah,
0: yeah. big chance really, really taking a step forward Brad since he came back from Covid he was in a he was in bad well, form it
1: that, yeah it was so unfortunate wasn't he he missed the due to Covid but he bounced back well didn't he is it? Was it? He missed a PGA because of it, didn't
0: he? But he he just finished yeah, yeah. tied eight for the Masters. He'd finished fifteenth for Colonial, tenth at Memorial, and you know, like Jason sort of said there, this is probably the most suitable US Open test that he's come to. Mm. Um, wh- when he first came out on tour, I was adamant that he was going to be the major contender, and you know, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily expect him to do what he did at that Masters that year, and you know, I really didn't actually fancy him for that at all. But you know, he's he's shown a liking to that one. I think he's got the right mentality for U.S. Open. I think you know, just looking at those scrambling stats; is is absolutely ridiculous. You know, he's,
1: he's sick. What a weakness is there? I don't think there really is <clears throat> a dark, like a massive. I think he's just a classic all rounder, which is what you want in a major. Obviously, I think you'd say his ball striking is stands out as his main strength, and that was what come back last week. You know, it was, it was um, his, what was he second in the field last week? Ball striking where he's first. <laughs> Tour all, all year round. So, I mean, if that's back on song, then that's going to probably be his biggest weapon coming into the week. Um, but yeah, he's you forget he's only 24 yeah. years old, and you look at his other, you look at his record as Jason said, outside of Augusta on the majors, and it hasn't been great. But he's still a young man, and uh, he's got two PJ titles along with a bunch of top finishes. And yeah, I think that experience, even at the Masters, completely different test, of course, but that's going to be vital coming into this week any kind of experience sort of contending in a major And i know when he even when he finished eighth i think he had a, a final round nightmare of 75 i think it was he fell out of contention there but i mean he was still there or thereabouts uh, going into the final round and um yeah i think as you both said i think it's going to be uh it's, it, it does shape up very well for him um this week so i think 60 to 1 whether or not he is ready to win the us open is questionable uh, but I, I hope, I think he's got it. But I think either way, the each way value is definitely there, like with the eight places. So my my only concern with Song Jim
0: is that if he has one bad day with his driver, he's done. Like <laughs> he will just capitulate because I, I I don't think he will. You know, yes, his scrambling is very very good, but his scrambling is very very good on courses that are not as punishable as this one and if he finds himself in a bit of deep rough because he's gone a bit wide. But his last three starts that are recorded, so we're just looking at on tour tips uh, for the strokes going off the tee, first, seventh, and twelfth, you know, in, in those three That's starts and the strokes going off the tee. So absolutely ridiculous uh, hitting the balls off the tee, just sort of sort of context of people that are above him are, you know, kind of Cameron Young and who's actually first in the field, uh, strokes going off the tee, Rory McIlroy, Richard Mansell, interestingly enough uh Victor Perez is above him but um Mito like Mito Pereira has shown what happens when you're hitting the ball great off the tee barring one shot on the 18th hole um oh, bless him. you know <laughs> I feel sorry for him still um but yeah you know when when people first started talking about Sanjay for this and and it's been a, a little bit of talk about him for the last couple of weeks I wasn't convinced but the more I kind of look into it I do I do see it and um I think it might have been pat that that kind of brought out the honda classic thing that there's quite a lot of either major winners or major contenders win that honda classic and again another sort of tight testing course that can obviously wreak havoc with water and things like that and sort of tests every facet of the game and he's won that so yeah i think i think that's an interesting one i can't i can't talk out either of you on sung jm so um i understand that and then brad just talk us through max homer as well
1: yeah um (coughs) Max Homer, he just, just continues to improve. He's now a four-time winner on the Tour um, after winning the World's Fire last Month. And all the wins have come on tough courses. courses sorry. So it's just a bit surprising he hasn't really shown up in any majors. He's yet to record a top 10 across all four majors. Uh, but there has been improvement. I mean, he never made the cut at Augusta. Finished tied 48th this year. Uh, tied 64th was his best finish at the USPGA until... Tied 13th last month. He's yet to make the cut at the US Open from two starts. But yeah, I, I, I do fancy he will turn that around <laughs> this time around. So I think he has all the attributes to do well at the US Open. I think a lot of it does just come down to whether he believes he's actually good enough. Um, to win an event like this you know he's always vocal on social media so you can't ignore that he's brilliant on there and he's gained a lot of popularity over over the years but he even said last week he's officially trending so um, you like to see that and uh, 13th at the US PGA tied 23rd at Charles Schwab and tied 5th at the Memorial so I, I, I tend to agree with him there and he just regularly gains stroke across the board. Um, but notice if anything is to let him down, it will be his game around the green, which I do worry about. That is obviously going to be an important factor this week, given the small greens. And also the rough is up by the green as well. So it's not going to be your standard. You're going to have to, you might be playing chips out of like four inch, five inch rough, which is going to be different. A lot of players won't know how to play them shots. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, For him, I'm hoping his ball strike has been really good and he's been just playing very well. I think that he's going to actually, he needs to start showing up. I mean, he's up in in the majors. I mean, he's up to 23rd in the world rankings and if he needs to get to that the next step, you know, into the elite, um, then he will start. You have to, I am him saying to himself, I need to start showing up in these kind of events. And I do think he's got the game for it. So I'm going to take a chance that happens this week because I think, it will
0: suit him. So, yeah, I took... Sorry to for that, mate. I think one of the most noticeable things that improved this year for Homer is he added a bit of length, and that's obviously not going to hurt him in terms of the US Open, as we've already discussed. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned that TPC Potomac course that he obviously won on um, back in May. I'm just looking at the top five there. Homer beating Fitzpatrick and Bradley and Cameron Young in second, and Roy McIlroy in fifth. If you had a card of Homer, Fitzpatrick... Whether you want to include Bradley or not it's up to you. Cameron Young and Roy <laughs> McElroy um, <Yeah>. for this. <laughs> yeah, you
1: wouldn't get any strange be looks, would you? To see. No, you wouldn't. No, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see if that does. So, if, if that does correlate,
0: then then obviously you're on to something there. Um, Cameron mm. Young is at the same price and he's going to be very popular, Jace, um, for, for obvious reasons. He's done nothing but show uh, some really, really strong performances. I was disappointed what he did at the Masters, but he comes straight back and and finished third at Southern Hills. And again, he was amongst those guys that didn't quite get going in the final round. But his was a 71 as opposed to, a, you know, a 75 of, of Pereira, 73 of Fitz. And, you know, he, he actually showed that he, he could hang there and he only missed a playoff by one shot.
2: Yeah, we said Bryson couldn't um, overcome. So... <coughs> I've lost it now. Um, whatever. Anyway, I can't remember where Bryson was. the Yeah. Whereas, yes, thank you, Um, you know, that he was going to be just smashed into rough and and he wouldn't be able to, you know, do the job. And there's potential that Cameron Young uh, does the same thing. Um, Yeah, it's got Bay Hill form, Honda form, they're difficult tracks. Uh, Riviera, difficult track. Yeah, He's been very, very impressive. He's come from nowhere, hasn't he, really, at the end of the day. You know, in in, in just a few months, he's been absolutely exceptional. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I actually really like him in some way. The problem is, what are the sort of specialist prices going to be based on? Given he's fifty with three six five, twenty eight with Betfair. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, but he's yeah he's in I know you you keep telling us. You said that saying people are definitely going to win, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Cameron's definitely going to win. Yeah,
0: but he <laughs> That's a, I think I think he's a, a fairly safe um, prediction oh, in that one. Um, I don't know. I, I I can't I can't say. Definite because I, I don't allow myself to, and I, I like to keep being able to use that line of not doing definites. But second, it's been third, impressive, isn't
2: it? well, it has been very impressed off the tee, which is which will be crucial here. Second,
0: third, third, and fourth his last four starts off the tee. Um, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous, isn't it? So um, good. It, it's actually frightening how good that is. Uh, and again, a little bit like Zalatorius, how do you not win when you're, you're hitting it like that? Um, Approaches thirty yeah, third and sixty seventh for last two maybe points to
2: that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean I don't know if he's got you know if he's got the same sort of um, brain mechanism as somebody like Bryce who's like yeah I'm going to do this and I'm just going to smack it and pick it up and do it again and it works. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's quite like that. Um, but it's definitely you know if, if he takes inspiration from something like that and looks at it and goes well I don't want to club down because where's my advantage? Um, there is there is potential there I think. Yeah. You know what? I'd love sorry, Brad I'd love no, fifty. I'm just, uh, I, I, I want to back him in some way. I just, I can't, I can't work out what way to back him. That's
1: yeah.
0: right. on, Brad What were you going
1: to say? No, I was going to say you can't pigeon like as we, I think we've alluded to on the podcast before. You can't pigeonhole him. I mean, you see him show up at the RBC Heritage as well. that's tie third, and that was smaller greens. So I mean, you can look at that as something as well. There's a, there's a lot to like about Cameron Young. I mean, he just seems to like just show up all over the place um and yeah he's he's a class act.
0: yeah so i've i've beat around the bush long enough for for selections now um i think daniel berger will probably be one for me that i will definitely pin my thing to neiman's definitely up there in consideration but one guy i am going to go with and there is a or there was when i looked before uh, a boost in him on bet for 365 went up to 80 to one he's, he's generally a 50 to one shot and that that's fine um Tommy Fleetwood, I, ju- I just think he's coming into that form now. That, and I've I've dogged on Tommy Fleetwood for plenty long enough now. Um, I don't think he, he shows it strong enough in in the DP World Tour events like he used to. Um, but just looking at you know 14th at the Masters, 10th for the RBC Heritage, fifth at the PGA Southern Hills, 35th at Colonial. I think to write home about top 10 at the, the European Open. Obviously, you'd expect better, but that was a really funky golf course. Um, got off to a slow start and I just, you know, I just I just think this is a major that's really really good for him he's got two top four finishes in it, he had a 27th for his debut way back when he's been less um, you know positive over the last three, he's finished 65th missed cut and 50th but I think that's coincided with some bad form, uh, maybe some unsuitable golf courses as well, I don't think you know necessarily we thought about him at Pebble Beach and necessarily think about him at winged foot and, and Tory Pines is a golf course that he doesn't go and play regularly. So, uh, again, he doesn't play Brookline regularly, but I think it could be a golf course that is good for him. Um, if, mm-hmm. we, if we're talking about kind of Fitzpatrick being too I don't see why Tommy Fleetwood wouldn't be. Um, the putters, the obviously obvious difference between the two of those. But yeah, Tommy Fleetwood for me, especially at the eighty to one. Uh, that's going to
1: say, yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant, <coughs> finish, isn't it?
0: I, th- I think I think that's for me is what it did is it made me reassess what I thought about his chances anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I see eighty to one, I think okay, I probably should give it some thought. Um, and, and when I, the more I dived into it, I was really, really impressed. So to recap, those bet three six five boosts: Collin Morikawa thirty three to one, Dustin Johnson forty to one, Brooks Kepka fifty to one, Tommy eighty to one, and Cyril Hatton, who I'm sure will have a little bit of a word on as well, hundred to one.
1: Um, I think Tommy's the pick of the bunch. I do. I,
0: I, I, I really like him for the U.S. Open. I like him for this golf course. Um, I think he's playing well enough now to contend again. I think it's a place play. I, I, I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. um, he's going to go on and win, but I also think he can grind it out. I think if it was a tough final day, there's, there's potentially some wind into the into the forecast, and you know maybe he makes a move up like he did um, at Shinnecock. So th- th- there's yeah there's chances, and I, th- I think there's, there's a decent price on him. So wh- whereas you're looking at someone like a Cameron Young who's just the Hot thing for the PJ Tour right now, like Tommy Fleetwood's been established in these major championships, he's been established on the PJ and DP World Tour for a long period of time now and, and kind of stood the test of time. Um, it's what way you want to go do you want to go with the, the one that's standing out at the moment or the one that's you know shown it and proven it? And uh, you know, Fleetwood's up there for me, so he was one of interest. Jase, did you want to work Mito Pereira at all?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, well, not sure really the PGA proving that he can do it on a difficult track and he was clear at the end of the day wasn't he um, and, and what has impressed me about him is just the way he's fought back really um, you know you could have taken an awful long time to uh, get over it um, didn't came back straight away um, we know what he's like he's Tito Green fabulous isn't he he's had the reputation he had a little bit of a wobble in the middle of middle of his sort of PGA career which is. Really not very not very that long to be honest with you. Um that was obviously a is it, it is Gil it? Hanks? Yeah, it's Gil is not Gil yeah. is it. Right, that was a, a Gil sort of um you know, affected track, if you like. Uh, over there he was fifth for driving accuracy for third time in succession. Seventh in approaches, which is his fifth top twenty in a row. And saving greens in regulation for his fourth in a series of five top tens. So, um, you know, he was impressive there. Obviously looked completely distraught, uh, but turned up the next week. Um third after day one and finished strongly to be 7th at uh, Schwab. And then I can't believe he turned up again uh, at Muirfield. Um, live 59th after round one. 35th, going into payday and finished tied 13th. Yeah. The only thing about him, Cameron Young, I think he's number 30 at the moment in the world. Uh, again, it might change and I don't think it will. Um, and was obviously outside the top 30. Um, it's the only thing because he's, he's just leapt up into... A bit like Zalatoris, although Zalatoris is obviously a lot quicker, you know, when he when he had that um had the holding in one then he can six to Dustin Johnson. He's just gone, he's there. And and like I say, you could have looked at it, you could have said, Oh, he's just played well that week. But those last two performances suggest that he knows he belongs there, he knows what he done wrong. I I think he's uh this is the course this is the course for him and uh, you know, he could have had courses, you know, had we gone to as you say, wing foot best back somewhere like that you wouldn't have been looking at him but this is this is for him so um, yeah I like him a lot
0: I, I, I backed him at Memorial off the basis of what he did at Charles Schwab just because like you said it was just so impressive to see how he bounced back he could have really that could have undone his season and he's done you know he's put a lot of hard work into getting to the PJ Tour in the first place he's then gotten this kind of run of five or six events that could have just culminated into nothing really um, so yeah I think it's, it's been great Um I think he's properly priced now which is the same with cameron young yeah. like and that, and that's it's then a decision isn't it like brad is is yeah do you think mito Pereira can win um uh, you don't necessarily need him to at 66 to 108 places it, you, there's, no. a, there's a decent amount of value like i said with tommy fleet especially you know boosted 80s you don't necessarily need him to
1: mm.
0: to to you know go on and win
1: but it <sighs> He's been incredibly consistent, hasn't he? I mean, as you said, I completely agree. That could have really derailed his year, you know, um, what happened to him. Um, And the fact of how he responds just just shows he's the real deal and he's got a great head on his shoulders. And um, I would not rule him out at all. I I think think he he might even have to bit between his teeth even more so uh, for this one, you know, just because he knows he can do it. If anything, it's proven to him, I should have won that. You know, I'm good enough to beat the best in the world. Um, on that day, other than just a, a shitty shot, you know, like I, I honestly think he might even just go even more for this one. Who knows? Uh, 66 is, I think that's a really fair price. It really is.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's one of those, like, I can definitely see it. And if someone says to me, Should I back Mito Prayer? I'm not going to say no. Um, I just probably won't get there just because I've got those other couple. Um, especially with like Horsch or Sung J.M., all that are the same sort of, right? I think it actually strengthens Im's case it strengthens you know maybe just Im's I think it, I think it strengthens Im's case I think he's a really good price at 60 to one. so um, yeah. interesting one there so <clears throat> rather than me going name by name now because my voice is about to die and people don't need to hear me you know dying on the podcast um was that those were the selection guys that you both wanted to talk about? I think you know as we sort of mentioned in the um, show. Jason, you had Victor, was that Victor Perez you wanted to talk about as well?
2: Yeah, I've got uh, David Riley, I think. Very similar, yeah, you know, to, to all those we've spoken about. Need to talk about. I think I want to be with him in some way. Um, two-time finalist at US Amateur. First time he lost to Scotty Scheffler after pulling a penalty on himself. Yeah. Year later he loses to Wills Zalatoris, so he's he's been. You know, when you think what Sheff has done from his amateur days all the way through, um Zalatoris, as you say, just it's only that missing one, isn't it? And I mm-hmm. think Riley's been so impressive recently. Yeah. Um uh took a while to get over the loss when again he got done by Sam Burns. I mean Burns just comes up every single time, doesn't he? Just a killer. Um, yeah. he's, he is, he's absolutely lethal. Assassin. That's where he's got the assassin. Yeah. Maybe you should join the that live would be, his so. li- be his liberty, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, the assassins. Yeah. Um, you know, he took a while to get over that loss. Um, next six events, he's gone three top fives, one top ten, a pair of top fifteens. Um, seasonal stats don't matter given the fact that he took so long to get to actually hit any form on the PGA Tour. He's got four successive top 20 uh, rankings in team of green. It's all led by his irons. Big ask, but, you know, 13th at Southern Hills, he belongs there. It's You know we, know, we say the same thing. What are they going to be like when they're actually in contention? Um, on the final day. I've got no idea. Pereira should have won, put him in the same position. Pereira will win. If that takes place this week, I guarantee he holds on. Um, so we don't know. So Riley's one that I'm really interested in. Uh, and the only other one, and it might do a big price on Betfair, is Perez. Yeah, He's just mm-hmm. awesome, to Green. And and you know that bit where, you know, everyone wanted to be on him at like 25 and 31 on, on the European tour. And then when he went over, people were having a little bit on. Yeah. Um, He's just returned absolutely to fault. a brilliant driver, outstanding iron player. Um, let's could not be. forget, he reached the World Match Play semi final and lost to Billy Horshaw, who's yeah. got tremendous form in that event. Um, he was fourth uh, at 19 HSB World Champions. He's got a top 10 at Sawgrass. I'm looking at him for top continental European. Well, I
1: was on. just about to say that. That could be the market. Yeah. yeah could so, be the market.
2: so I want to be with him in. in some fashion because he's just playing tremendous and it's not like you say you i mean you laugh at when you brought up Richard mantle for example right mm. it's not you're not you're not taking someone's playing brilliant over here and just going there this is you know this this player has fallen in, in the best of class mm-hmm. uh, and i'm quite interested, top 20 maybe he's 250 at one or something on the outright market so Should top twenty not, uh, he will see what that happens america are going to hate him so i'll be interested to see what what <laughs> the american prices are for those those profits um but he's definitely one I think you could make if you good help.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like, first of all, he's 610 to 1 on Betfair. So if anyone wants to dive in, then uh, that's the price he is for that. I, I think that's quite interesting because, it, like you say, it's, <clears throat> it's not just a flash. Like, 4th, 4th, 49th, 2nd, 9th. In his last made cuts off the tee. So it's a sustained period of time where he's been hitting the ball really, really well off the tee. Um... You know, you, you look at the sort of tour tips and his, his approach game as well. 18th, 16th, 14th, 21st, 6th in that period. So he's 6th in the in the field in terms of strokes game approach over the last 15 weeks. Um He's top 6 and you know, his strokes going off the tee in that time. Um These are obviously adjusted as well. So it's... Actually, I don't think those stats are adjusted on tour tips. I think they're just actual scores for the stats, but... Like you say, like he's also got a top 20 at the PGA. He was top 20, I think, when Morakao won at Harding Park. Um, so it's not like he's he's un- incapable of doing that. I think it's a really interesting one, because I think if he'd had carried on that trajectory pre-trying to qualify for the Ryder Cup, uh, we'd be having a slightly different discussion about Victor prayers I think um, it's just because he had that kind of layoff period where he, he really struggled that uh, he hasn't you know built up a steam, because he was definitely looking like this type of player uh, before then, it's just kind of gone backwards. So... Really interesting mm-hmm. to see how he does. Um, you've just got all these veterans in this kind of hundreds-one of range now, haven't you? And it's just you've li- they're literally all grouped together. Adam Scott, Woodland, Garcia, Leishman, Rose. Like, I, Get rid- I, yeah, I can't. I'm not going to do it just because it, it's probably going to end in tears. But they're all there. They all have their own sort of appeals. But I don't. I don't think you can go this far down. I I wanted to be with King and Bradley somehow. Uh, just because of the way he hits the ball, like it's just absolutely ridiculous how well he's hit the ball again. He's playing well again. Um, his approach numbers are, are, are not great over the last couple of starts, but you know off the tee it's been very very solid. And then I just looked at his like U.S. Open record, and it's just absolutely abysmal. Like it, mm-hmm. it is so so bad. It's obviously just something about the setups. It doesn't seem to matter what course it was. He's lost, he missed his last three cuts in the U.S. Open. 60th missed cut before that. And uh, 27th and 4th before that. So he's <coughs> just got a really, really poor US Open record, which, you know, once you've it for a sustained period of time, you, you do just wonder if that's uh, a bit beyond them. So yeah. I guess the only people that are kind of interested in me at triple digits, you've got Aaron Wise, who's playing some good golf. He's 100
1: to 1 in the yes. spot. Um, uh, Luke List, dare I say?
0: Yeah, Luke List is interesting. Um. Again, one word for him. I. I it's really hard. He's
1: an approach last time out. Yeah.
0: He, he's he's playing well again. I think like he's. It took him a while. He was very clearly that guy that wins and and disappears for. You yeah. know, a few months, and he was a prime candidate for that, and it and it played out that way. Um,
1: Same as power got a top ten last time out in the US PGA.
0: What do we what do we make of Power? Because like he's a little bit like Adam Long. Because his name's Seamus Power and Adam Long's called Adam Long, you think they're big hitters, but they're not. They're actually fucking like nudges off the tee. Yeah. Um I, I don't know about Power. Aaron Wise isn't very clever, but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor old Aaron Wise, he, he can't win. Um I yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think any time now you're just chasing places, aren't you? And that's absolutely yeah. fine. When the when the ten places come out, when the twelve places this come out,
1: some people sometimes feel the need to back someone in the triple digits. I think so I've been guilty of that when I first started doing I it. You know.
0: like, I would always routinely put a triple digit player up. But because over the years,
1: you, you kind to. of learn, you know, it's too tough. As Jason said earlier, you, you're likely to see the, the top of the board, like five or six, if not more, cover the top ten places, you know. Um, because it's, it's just that test. It's going to... The, the elite will rise to the top. Come, come four rounds, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, as you said, just kind of you're chasing places from the off. Well, let's, really. look at,
0: let's look at the top ten for the last couple of years. Open. I mean. So, John Rah wins from Louis Tazen in second. Then you had Harris English in third, Brooks Koepka, Guido, Colin Morikawa. So Guido is a surprise inclusion there. Guido's
1: then. huge, yeah.
0: <coughs> and then you've got Daniel Berger, Paul Casey, Brandon Grace, Rory McIlroy, Xander Schauffele, Scotty Scheffler. So you get one surprise name in the twenty twenty one leaderboard and it's Guido Migliotzi. Then you go to the, the twenty twenty leaderboard. Bryson beats Matthew Wolf. Louis U and Harris English again, by the way, who's like I think it's like third and fourth his last two years opens. Xander mm-hmm. Chapolo fifth. Dustin Johnson Zanatore sixth. Female Zach Johnson, Roy McElroy, Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas. It all Ooh, inside top. the top ten. So I'm not gonna go for all of them again because I you know I can already feel myself kinda of coughing. But you, you can, go back right. to Pebble Beach and Ches and and Chad uh, Chess and Hadley were the surprise names and otherwise you've, you've got a good
1: price on them. Yeah. Definitely. You
0: definitely have got a good price. But then again it's Woodland, Kepka, Ram, Rose, Chauffle, Ustazen By the way, Ustazen just comes up every week and <coughs> I think I think if Ustazen hadn't gone to where won't be named, yeah. um he'd be a lot more popular this week. Um yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the best golf course for him, but he seems to pop up in this event plenty of uh, times. So I think you're going to get one. You're going to get one guy. And I like Victor Perez as one of those candidates to do it at 250 to 1 Mm -hmm. uh, with all the places. Uh, I'm definitely going to have a little bit on that 610 on Betfair just because I won't uh, forgive myself if I listen to Jason uh, tip him up (laughs) and uh, and then don't back him. So I'll be doing that. Otherwise, I just... I just feel like i've been naming names for the sake of doing it mm-hmm. like exactly. i'm having a tough enough time trying to make my decisions at the top trying to find one of these guys that and, and by the end of the week people are going to be asking me like what do you think of joel damon to get through the cut i mean i just i don't know like they could shoot 11 over in the first day and it's completely over um Lee lee's like 400 to one people are bound to ask that kind of player like there's always a big candidate. <laughs> For some reason, I've just found Jason Kokrak's name at five hundred to one, which means uh, there's a slight error there. Um,
1: yeah. But he's actually oh, no, yeah.
0: he's actually eighty and a hundred to one. Is there any sort of value in Jason Kokrak at all?
1: Oh, it seems like it. I mean, you, definitely a five hundred to one. He's a good price. People forget that it's Jason Kokrak, and you can it's a tough one to get right. He just he just wins. He just shows up. You know, <laughs> he does every now and often, often, you know, he just he just win a tournament. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't personally and I think his head's been turned as well Rich. so I, I'm avoiding all of them from the, the tour that shall not be named um, so yeah it's, it's it's really interesting, I feel like
0: <clears throat> this will be my one minute of talking about it, I feel like the, the, the PGA should have taken their stance after this event happened I feel like they 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 should have just let it play out let the one week happen and just get everyone to the US Open because they're all playing it the, USP, the USGA had already announced they are all allowed to play <laughs> um, and then just put their stance down afterwards but you know, just because, you know, players are going to be distracted. If, if Dustin Johnson now goes and gets into contention, you can't actually, you know, have his media rights. Louis stays isn't exactly the same. <coughs> Sergio Garcia, Kevin Nah, no. I mean, none of them are going to win it, I don't think. But,
1: you know, Patrick it'd what the crowd? It'd be interesting what the crowd reaction is, actually. I don't think they'll, they'll care. No, I, I, don't, I really don't. I don't know. You, don't, you might get the odd prick. I, I, something I think
0: the if Sergio Garcia. Uh, throws his club in the fairway, then a fan will start shouting something at him. Um, yeah. But I don't, you know, if, if Dustin Johnson's right up there or Patrick Reed, we haven't even sort of mentioned, was actually someone that I thought was quite interesting um, for this. Like, if, if they're up there, I, I just feel like they'll just be left alone. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's the response from the players. It'd be interesting if you get Roy McRoy paired with Dustin Johnson at any point. Um, <laughs> who knows I don't know but I, I don't think Jason unless you disagree with there's there's any value in going down these kind of big outsiders and trying to just pick a player and, and talk about them I think you know if anyone's got questions on a certain player they can always reach out but otherwise we'd we'll just be talking names for sake Ted Sinnott anyway.
2: <laughs> <That is, yeah. coughs> yeah, so anyway that is Todd Sinnott sorry Todd Sinnott anyway there's an interesting tweet it. gone up from Grayson Murray I don't know if anybody's seen it it's probably manufactured but who not knows <laughs> not um, I'm not going to say anything, right? But two two locker doors next to each other, uh, Grayson and Murray and Kevin Na. Amazing. Would be quite interesting. If that is actually a genuine, <laughs> it might be. It might be a bit of order. I was going to say no, it would really make really... it would make sense, wouldn't it? You know. but so uh, that's quite interesting if they, uh, you know, come together in the locker room. Yeah. That'd be uh... I think it would be interesting. I think I, uh, I'm sure they don't care the players that have gone over there. But I'll bet inside they do. They're they're going to be Dustin Johnson probably not. But I do wonder. You there, know, there'll what, be some. There'll say. be
0: there'll be definitely some that are anxious about the response they get. Like mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson does not care. Uh, Patrick Reed's moral compass does not allow him to care. Um, Kevin Na doesn't care. All the older ones probably don't care. I think Bryson will. I think Bryson will be affected mm-hmm. by it. Um, I, I think he's definitely one that that will you know. Is, is Charles Schwartz all playing? I think. No, he's not, is he? So um, that's not a factor. So there's only one player that I do think I'm going to mention, just to take us off that topic that we said would not be named. Um, Taylor Montgomery is playing unbelievable golf uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he's someone I just wanted to keep backing for the Corn Ferry. Wait, isn't he in this field? Yes. I can't find his odds. Um, probably call
2: him something. Like did he did he get bumped well,
1: he's,
2: out he, he's in he's in the field I mean yeah I
0: don't know. oh look, look now. Oh, going over Well, best going. he's definitely listed in the field on the Pj tour Taylor Montgomery um he's just having that like I, I just keep looking for like the next guy that's gonna make his job like the best thing about the PJ tour is you've had zanatores is Cameron young mito Pereira there's someone else I'm missing but those guys David Riley all making these kind of massive runs off of the Cornberry tour yeah and and just really contending straight away and Delatoris has done it straight away in majors um I just feel like Taylor Montgomery is a candidate for that um Mm -hmm. just just based on the form like 8th, 2nd, 4th, 13th, 4th, 9th, 15th, 17th you know it's just it's just really really consistent he had a chance I think he was 26th on both the, the the season the regular season list and the finals list, so he missed out on his card uh, on both by one place. Um, so mm. all of a sudden that could change very dramatically if he got on the PGA tour. Um, for some reason he's definitely in the field so I don't know why his prices are not up. Um, but he'll be a thousand to one on the bet for if you want to back Tony Montgomery. Um, yeah. <clears throat> is anyone else that we want to mention? You know, we've got the kind of big name players like
1: oh, Herbert
0: yes. and stuff like that down here, but I, I think we've probably Taken a long shot in Perez that may have a chance to actually contend.
1: Yeah, I know. Do Young Kim, I, I always follow. The guys do think he will be playing on the PGA Tour soon. I don't I don't know what his route is though. Now he's gone to the the dark side. Um, <laughs> well, he hasn't quite yet. I don't think. No, he's not. He's not committed to playing he? that event last week. But I do worry that is the route because I think he needs to go and play the Corn Ferry Tour and do the Sung Jae and Se Woo Kim route. Um, and I think he's as good or will be as good as Sanjay as and when he's just the amount of tournaments he's won already at his, at his age. It's just I know it's at a different level, but it's so impressive. It's um, and yeah, he's I'm always just tracking him anyway. Um, yeah. And no, I don't own his Twitter tracker account, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he might be getting a top 40 bet, possibly. That's what I'm eyeing up. Interesting, yeah. Oh, I think here's a, here's
2: a shocking price for you. Uh, if 300-1 if could be a shocking price, right? Sebastian Soderberg.
0: Sebastian oh, Soderbergh.
2: That's just a shock. I mean, we are all on, weren't we, this week? Yeah. That was obvious. But 300-1. I mean,
0: Jesus. I should have two zeros after. <laughs> I mean, the 750s <laughs> one's definitely closer, isn't it? Um, I mean, it'd be hilarious if Richard Mansell went up there at 500-1 and contended after all the sort of stuff that I've said about him. Um, Brad you might know a bit more about Keita Nakajima the the, the amateur and he's obviously on Netflix this year when that comes out Um, is he Mm -hmm. someone that can kind of get himself really cut and
1: make some rumblings he's been playing a couple events in um, Japan and on the Asian tour, he hasn't been as well. I was, I was on his first win back last year, Panasonic Open. Yeah. He hasn't really done much since then. Obviously, he, went, he, he was in did well at the good showing at the Sony Open when he came over. Um. But yeah, a good display last week. Um. Was it last week? I don't think he played the event last week. But the week before, he finished uh, tied eleventh. Um. But still, I don't. I think he's very raw. Yeah. I, I've more so Hachino. <laughs> Is the Jap uh, um, that I think will um, do well out of all of them? It um, could be a top Japanese if if Deki does something silly again or pulls out of of injury. You know, you never know. So, oh, yeah, he's, he's the one who's far more ahead at the moment in terms of development. I like that. So, are
0: we ready to summarise our picks then for the US Open?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, I will. I still haven't really decided, but I'm get, I'm going to definitely go with Bucky Neiman. Uh, I think there's going to be something in there. You can get 33 to 1, 9 places I the moment. You can take 40 if you want to take reduced terms. I like uh, Daniel Berger at the 50 to 1, uh, 8 places. That stands out to me. Sung Jm, I'm going to join you guys at 60 to 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it's one that I don't really want to ignore. And then Tommy Fleetwood, um, 80 to 1 is, is a nice boost. And then hopefully that happens again tomorrow. But 50 to 1 uh, with all the places is nice as well. Um, That's where I'm going to go. I I, I probably will add one from the top of the market at some point, just because I think you have to. Um, I'm away next week, which is why we're doing this a little bit earlier. So when I do it, I'll just post something on Twitter or whatever. Um, But Brad, your selections for the US Open, please.
1: So I've gone for Xander Schaafle, 22 to 1. And that is with William Hill, 9 places. And then I've gone for Max Homer, 50 to 1. And that's also with William Hill, 9 places. And then with you both, Sung J. Im, 60 to 1, eight places with Bet.
0: Lovely. And Jason, your picks for the U.S. Home,
2: please. Uh, Scotty, I think, is a worthy, worthy favourite. Uh, Willie Z, Sung Jae uh, and then Mito Pereira, probably, and tr- somehow try and get through with uh, Davis Riley, Cameron Young, and our outsider, Victor Perez, uh, for Top Continental, I believe we're pretty much set on that now.
1: Yeah. yeah, like that.
0: I like that a lot. And uh, I will definitely be back in Victor Perez at 610 to 1, and he'll probably go out yeah. to 810 to 1 by the time I put the bet on. So <laughs> um, that's us for the US Open. Uh, we'll be back next I don't. Is it the Travellers next week for the PGA Tour? I think it is. Soon, um, yeah. And whether it. Well, I don't know if there's a DP World Tour event, but if there is, we'll be talking about it. Um, whether there's any podcast coming up in between, there, there might be one uh, on the horizon, I don't know. I'm also going to be doing the DraftKings show with, uh, with Matt Vincenzi, as I have been doing. BMW International Open next week uh, in Germany, just while we're talking about it. But uh, plenty to look forward to, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you gents again next week.